Welcome to Guarding Your Nest Egg podcast. Connect to us, guardingyournestegg.com. Stay with us as we discuss what some strategists feel is the bread and butter for income investors. Will that be the case for you? We'll find out that and why some experts are sounding the alarm over a possible return to 1970s style stagflation for our economy coming up. Mike, I'm having serious FOMO. I have not seen the new, what's the name of the movie? I forgot the name of the movie. The new Maverick movie. Maverick, I think that's where you're going with yes. this, right? You blanked on Maverick. Shame on you. <laughs> Shame on me. Here's the thing. If Tom Cruise would just act and not talk, I'm mm-hmm. all in. And I hear that this movie is amazing. I have not gone yet. But tickets, seems like you have to make your reservations online. I guess it's the hype they were looking for if people are trying that hard. So are you and Katie going to be going? On YouTube, I looked at sort of like the promos for it and stuff, and uh, it seems like it's probably pretty interesting. Yeah. Katie did ask me, hey, would you like to take the kids to go see Maverick this weekend or what have you? And so I I said, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll do that. But now that I've heard, now that you're telling me that it might be hard to get tickets, I don't know how enthusiastic I am anymore. (laughs) Well, make the reservations online. And when you do that, I'm curious, what is your movie theater preference? Are you an aisle guy or do you and Katie like to be in the middle so that you feel you have the best vantage point? Do you like to be down front, in the back? For me, and the way theaters are constructed now, and I don't go very often. I go to the theater maybe once a year. But uh, if it's me and you look at how they're constructed, I like the uh, middle but um, usually they're layered, so there's kind of like a walkway in between you, mm-hmm. and then you could sit middle and get out pretty quick, um, if that makes any sense. But if I didn't have that option, I would not want to be crammed in between a whole bunch of people and have to step over them to get yeah. out. So I would go aisle. Especially with children. You're going to have to yep. get up and down a few times. I am hearing that a lot of industry analysts in the movie and entertainment business are saying that Maverick may have saved movie theaters because there's not been anything that people have been wanting to go to the extra effort to go see. They've just been waiting for online or streaming. Or pay all that money with all everything else is costing so yeah. much. You really want to spend $18 on a ticket to a movie. So, yeah. Let's talk about the economy. Let's talk about what's happening with the market. And actually, things like this, people going to the movies, it is a good sign. Am I wrong, Mike? You know, people are spending and going and doing. That's helpful. Well, I think it's helpful. Everything I've seen, though, is uh, people are spending money in a lot of cases that um, maybe they don't have. So uh, a lot of debt is going up, a lot of credit card spending. Uh, there's a lot of pent-up frustration from COVID, so so mm. people are still traveling. And there's some confusion around, well, listen, if gas prices are so high um, and the cost of food and travel and everything associated with travel is, is so high, why are people still doing it? And the theory is it's just, it's just a frustration over not being able to do it for so long. And, and, and there's a potential that people are either burning through cash that they have saved up very quickly uh, or spending money that they don't have. And so we have to take a look at that as well. If it's kind of hot with travel early summer and revenues are going up, might look good initially, but but where does all of this ultimately end? And when it comes to managing money, we're not looking at a month out or two months out. We're looking at six months out. Mm-hmm. Where do we think we're going to be? And, um, and, and that's fearful. Uh, it is. 
right now. Especially if you heard J.P. Morgan Chase CEO Jamie Dimon recently warning investors, I caught this through Bloomberg, that investors should prepare as the economy struggles against a combination of challenges, including tightening monetary policy and Russia's invasion of Ukraine. It's a hurricane. Right now, it's kind of sunny. Things are doing fine. You know, everyone thinks the, the Fed can handle this. That hurricane is right out there down the road coming our way. We just don't know if it's a minor one or Superstorm Sandy or uh, yeah, Sandy or, or uh, Andrew or something like that. Mike, you and I both originally. <laughs> I like found- how he's trying to remember names of bad hurricanes as he's going through his. Uh, no kidding. Analogy there. You and I both, being from the East Coast originally, have lived through quite a few major hurricanes. So it's an analogy. Hits home for me. Mm-hmm. And the comment's getting a lot of attention, Mike. So, as a fee-only fiduciary financial advisor, how do you think investors that are close to or already in retirement should be preparing for the unknowns of the road ahead? given these hurricane comments. What we're seeing at the office with individuals that are calling in, um, particularly in the past few months, is there's just a a real concern over what I consider either a lack of active management of of their portfolio. So a lot of them feel like um, we're back into advisors just telling them to hang in there, don't worry, eventually it'll get better. Um, And because markets have pulled back so much, you have people who... Uh, have lost money in portfolios, and there's this sensation or feeling that I've already lost so much money, you know, I don't want to get out now because I'd be accepting a loss in my portfolio. And these types of emotions or advisors telling you to hang in there, I really think you need to break out of that sort of cycle and take a look at everything that's available to you because it's very easy for emotion to take over. Conversation I had with a gentleman the other day, He felt like his 401k was already down so much that he just wanted to wait to do anything, right? Hmm. He just becomes, people just become frozen. Sort of paralyzed by the fear of of what if it gets worse? Yeah. Well, I've already lost money and I don't want to make changes till I get back to where I was. And what we can do is take a look at portfolios and look at people in that situation and say, well, listen, let's analyze why your portfolio or why your investments are doing bad. It's, it's, of course, it's because markets are down. But what are you specifically invested in? Um, how much are you down compared to the overall market? What are your investments that you're in now likely to do moving forward um, if we get what, what I believe we're going to have here pretty shortly, a, a recession? If we get a big pullback in this economy, what's going to happen? So I, I think markets have a lot of room to move lower. And let's say you're down 15 or 20% in your portfolio. Yes, that stings. uh, But look for opportunities. There are opportunities in these markets that didn't exist three or four months ago because markets weren't off as much as they are now at that point in time. And analysis will help us show people uh, where the opportunities are in this market. So I'd say, well, take a look at where you're at, get an analysis of what's likely to happen moving forward. And as we see on a radio program, Let's look at how you're doing compared to how we've been doing for our clients. Connect to us when you have a moment at guardingyournestag.com. Do you remember 1970s wearing those bell-bottom jeans? Those are coming back. I'm seeing a lot. Yeah. Especially with women. I am not seeing dudes walking around with bell-bottoms like we did in the 70s. No, that would not be. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe I want to find you. I'll call Katie and get your size. We'll find some at a thrift store. 
you know, men don't typically notice things like that about fashion. But for you to notice that women are wearing bell-bottom jeans more often, I'm I impressed. notice all kinds of things. Yeah, I, I'm out and about, so I notice mm-hmm. that. Also, the jeans have gotten the set of low hip. They're high mm-hmm. hip. I don't know what you call that, but uh, <laughs> you know what I mean. Where the no, jeans were let you keep for, for a while, they were. Um, Let's say your belly button was like average how high a jean would go. And then they got real low, like yes. several inches below the belly button. And now they seem to be back over the belly button. Yeah, some so. call them mom jeans from the 90s, making a turnaround okay. too. It's crazy. Gotcha. But the yeah. bell-bottom jeans you're noticing, yes, very, yeah. very astute on your well, part. Well, the bell-bottom jeans and the over-your-belly buttons tend to go together. It seems to be the you know same what? jean, but you're I'm right. not sure. Yeah. We've got that. We've got surging oil prices and inflation. I mean, Mike, it's kind of like the 70s all over again in a lot of ways. I know. <laughs> I hope we don't get those car lines. Oh, my goodness. Let's don't even yeah. go there. But Oh, I saw it at uh, Costco the other day, remember? Oh, my new index. Yes. Like, how bad is the economy, really? Well, if the line to get gas at Costco or Sam's Club is more than 10 cars deep, you know there's a problem mm-hmm. if you're willing to wait that long. So. Well, keep an eye on that. That's an early indicator of our economy, and it should scare everybody. You must be talking to the folks at Fox Business because I saw an article they posted about things happening right now with the U.S. economy that have a lot of experts sounding the alarm over a possible return to 70s-style stagflation. Now, for those that may not be quite as astute with financial jargon, first things first, what is stagflation? And then I've got another question. Okay, so complicated word, but basically it's the combination of economic stagnation and then high inflation. So basically consumer prices are soaring, but then also high unemployment. And our employment rates are pretty good, um, but people's willingness to go back to work isn't where it probably needs to be because a lot of companies or businesses, mostly I think restaurants that I've seen personally, but are having a hard time Mm -hmm. hiring. There's some scary numbers out there with companies like Amazon, retailers. They're starting to see people pull back Mm -hmm. on their spending. And then they're starting to look at, well, what is the opposite of of having it grow? They're starting to look at letting people go. Mm. Um, And when those numbers start, and we talked about this uh, several months ago on on a radio show, I remember. But one of the issues is eventually things become so expensive that people stop buying them. Mm-hmm. And then if people stop buying them, the store doesn't need the employee anymore because they, they aren't selling anything. Right. And then uh, they start laying off people. So all this bragging about how low unemployment is, um, one of our concerns is that we're going to see that number go in the other direction because of, of the cost of everything. People are just going to cut back. So let's keep talking about this stagflation-style 70s that a lot of people are concerned about. As a fee-only fiduciary financial advisor, do you think we're about to relive that not-so-fun part of the 70s? Obviously, that's a very, very tough thing to gauge. I think some parts of it would be similar. Part of the 70s would be lack of fuel, right? Uh, I don't think we're going to have that necessarily because the prices are so high, people are going to cut back. But this inflation scenario, I I don't think goes away anytime soon. I don't think the current administration has a plan to fix it. They don't want to admit it, but I think we'll find out later on because that's how these things work. You find out after the fact that, uh, you know, they've lost control over it. They, I don't think they could do any policy right now to regain control. And this is just going to run its course. And that's what economies do. The government can't control everything, but Ultimately, I think where we're at is uh, markets are likely to come down further. So if you're invested in the stock market right now, take that into consideration, do some analysis. But that has also created opportunities. 
in, in markets that we wouldn't normally have. So there are some sectors that I think are going to be pretty attractive. Um, you know, we pulled our clients out of mm-hmm. any of our IRA or Roth IRA clients. We pulled out of markets um, back in March. And of course, I didn't know it at the time that, that markets were going to do as poorly as they did as soon as they did. But the way that we manage money is we know our clients are retired or very close to it. So if the probability of markets going up isn't very high, and the probability of markets going down is high, in our opinion, we'd rather just be on the sidelines. So it's possible that we're wrong and our clients would miss out on some gains. Um, but it's also po- possible we're right and we're avoiding big losses. So, so in this case, we avoided um, a lot of losses in portfolios. Um, had we been wrong and missed out on a portion of gains, our, our clients are more willing to give up a portion of gains than they are to capture big losses because we work with people that are retired or close to it. They're, mm-hmm. they're looking for the highest rate of return they can get. They're just not willing to take big risks to get there. So looking at, you know, are we moving into the 70s again and the 70s style stagflation again, which, by the way, is a horrible situation to be in. Whether we are or we aren't, I think it's fairly predictable that we aren't headed in a good direction. Everything's very negative. And like I said, I don't think the government could pull us out of where we're headed, even if they wanted to. And and by the way, I'm not convinced they want to. Um, It seems almost like they're doing it on purpose. So right now, take a close look at your portfolio and come up with a plan for a bad economy. Come up with a plan for a bad stock market, and but come up with a plan that's good for your personal economy, because that's what should matter most to you in retirement or close to it. Mike, this is what I'm excited to ask you about. Yahoo Finance okay. recently You posted, sound very excited. Well, let's go. I'm intrigued. Let's put it that way. <laughs> they recently posted an article saying that dividends are the bread and butter of income investors. They even listed okay. suggestions on how to put together a portfolio that generates at least $1,000 in dividends each month. But they also said this strategy takes some focus and work. Now, do you suggest dividend portfolios to your clients to help them create income in retirement? Is this a good idea? Well, disclaimer, it depends on what you're looking to accomplish. So a dividend portfolio, for listeners who don't know, is basically a portfolio of stocks that pay dividends. And different stocks pay different dividends, but you could build it out and um, have a, I guess, fairly reliable income on that. And then sometimes less market volatility because stocks that pay dividends tend to have less volatility than stocks that don't pay dividends. But it's not the silver bullet for everybody's financial issues uh, because the dividends typically aren't guaranteed. It's at the company's discretion of whether or not they pay a dividend. And if the market goes down, those dividend company shares uh, many times can go down too. So you can still have volatility and then you can lose the income. I think a dividend portfolio or dividend investments are nice for a portion of an overall portfolio. So you'll see us layer that in. But maybe that's an allocation that would represent maybe 20% of someone's overall portfolio Hmm. and provide some income. Uh, But at the same time, take a look at other investment options, like uh, there there needs to be a growth component in there. Um, We've talked about structured notes on the program uh, for income. If I look at structured notes versus dividend stocks, I'd say most of our clients, once we explain how structured notes work, they're more interested in notes than they are in uh, dividend portfolios, because many times the structured notes can have a higher distribution than, say, a uh, a dividend portfolio. 
um, but then also some layer of protection to the downside. And those are conversations we want to have at or near retirement. This is this is this is this is guarding your nest egg with Mike Lester. Catch up and interact with the show anytime at guardingyournestegg.com. Mike Lester is an investment advisor representative of Talon Private Wealth LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. Talon Private Wealth and this radio station are not affiliated. Information presented on this program is believed to be factual and up to date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Discussions and answers to questions do not involve the rendering of personalized advice, but are limited to the dissemination of general information.